Hello, welcome to the High Performance CEO Podcast, your exclusive access to the winning strategies and leadership habits of high-performing CEOs from all over the world. I'm your host, Sebastian Schieke, entrepreneur, CEO mentor, and business angel. Sit back, relax, and don't forget to take notes because I'm sure you will be able to take many gold nuggets on how to drive your business forward and develop a healthy and thriving work culture for your organization. Hey, welcome to the High Performance CEO Show. Your host, Sebastian Schieke, is interviewing Andreas Ditsche today. And Andreas is a very dear colleague of mine. He's a business angel investor. He's a professor. He's a CEO. He's an author. He just released a very interesting book. He had a variety of roles throughout his career. And I'm so glad to have you on the show here today, Andreas. Thanks for having me, Sebastian. My pleasure. Yeah. So... Before we started, we had a couple of uh, pre-calls. And as I mentioned, you just released a book, a book about digitalization in uh, Georgia, right? Can you tell us a little bit about the story behind this book? And because, I mean, there are many books out on digitalization right now. Yeah, happy, happy to do so. Very unhappy to correct you a little bit because I did not publish a book. I supported uh, an editor's book and uh, contributed together with... Uh, my co-authors, uh, three okay. chapters. And uh, actually, this was uh, super exciting. Uh, we are, for example, looking into remote work, which is a huge opportunity for countries, also countries that have low cost, low salaries. You already see that those digital nomads and uh, digital workers make much more than the average income in such countries. And what we looked at is how sustainable mm -hmm. is it? Can you grow a company? Can you achieve the same performance that you achieve in an office when one out of three people have yeah. never met? And what is the, uh, the result in a nutshell? So the result is, ah. yes, you can. We have a case study, an example, which is accidentally my employer, iGaming. In this uh, company, we went from office work to remote in ah. weeks with the advent of uh, COVID-19. Uh, then we grew drastically, rapidly. And when you look at the survey of motivation, happiness, and stress factors of the employees, we are able to outperform our, let's say, industrial peers from the oh. offices. This is very interesting. I mean, I have the same experience. I have a virtual team. I'm also an investor in business angel and uh, the companies I'm invested in, they grew Virtual teams. I mean, we have one startup, they're doing software as a service platform for contract management. We have a team in Argentina, the Philippines. And this is, as you said, with the start of the COVID pandemic, uh, this has been uh, such a immense boost for many companies. Once you're open and, and uh, once you accepted the fact that uh, People are not physically in the office anymore. This is an amazing opportunity, especially for smaller companies to grow and to be competitive. Because with remote work, obviously also comes a saving of costs. Yeah, um, Because when you hire in different countries, they, as you mentioned, have a, a lower base salary and then lower living costs, and which uh, is a win-win for both sides. So I, I fully agree. It's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. Uh, what we were looking at is how how long will mm -hmm. it last? 
because uh, when everyone went into remote, we didn't have a choice. It was new, it was super exciting, and uh, our question was, will it stay at that level, or will we say we want to go back to the offices? Um, we, we need to have not only this feeling of togetherness, we need to be together, and uh, so far it seems it goes quite yeah. well. Uh, productivity goes up, and we also see in our research that uh, you have to do something about it. You cannot just say, oh, now we are all sitting in our offices. You have to do social things. So usually, the let's say, the business, the technical part works smoothly. You have these examples that when you were in the office, someone shows up 10 minutes late. That means everyone can have mm -hmm. a cup of coffee. You have this chat. And what I see in our organization and others, when you do that remote, everyone's tends to show up at the minute where you don't have this chit chat. And uh, I also feel that it's an acquired wow. taste to say, I just called someone, I don't have a topic, I just want to chat. So that is also challenging in video yeah. calls. And in this environment, I think we have found a very good solution to attract talent. We have, since uh, we went remote, we have hired more than 100 mm -hmm. people. And uh, we onboarded them, and that works yeah. nicely. Yeah, and you have to schedule social interaction. I mean, what we do with our team, we schedule check-in calls. So in the morning, quick call, a few minutes, say, hey, how are you? Everything is fine. We have Friday evening or Friday afternoon wine or beer, so virtual wine or beer sessions, you know, where you just uh, connect, uh, share also some private stories to build this connection to your team, Yeah, which is very important. I mean, people are sitting at home in... Uh, remote places. Yeah, as you said, uh, this, this doesn't, doesn't happen accidentally yeah, that you go to a kitchen, get a coffee and meet someone and have a small yeah. conversation. This is something if you plan this intentionally, yeah. then it's it's working as well and it's a very easy thing to do. Yeah, and we, we are doing the same. So what we have is something that we call lunch <laughs> roulette. So we do a draw, we let people mingle. So they sit at home, have their lunches together And usually we don't talk about mm. business. We do it in small, very small groups. And then we traditionally have events. I don't know what they are doing. One is called Whiskey Wednesday and the other is called Thursday Thursday <laughs> and it happens at night. Uh, this is yeah. also helpful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't drink alcohol, of course. Yeah. So, Andreas, you got a very interesting history. Huh? You went had various different roles, uh, worked abroad, and you are an, an um, professor at a new, an university. So, can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are right now with this diverse roles? Yep. It, it was quite a journey. And for me, my current job uh, being the CEO of an affiliate online marketing company is extraordinary for what I have done before. So uh, after university and a couple of years with one of the big four auditing firms, I've always been in industries where we make something, where we produce production lines for cars, for aircraft, where we make power tools, where in the morning you go to the shop floor, you feel the smell of metal and, uh, <laughs> and oil, And this has stopped now. I have, in the real economy, I have been in turnaround and restructuring management, some M&A stuff. So it was not always these super profitable 
fast-growing companies. And with iGaming, it's uh, it's just the opposite. So while when you are, let's say, in turnaround and restructuring, your biggest sorrow is, oh, where are my costs? What do I do with my yep. people? The thing now is, where do I get them? Where can I find my workforce? How can I keep it? And this is, honestly speaking, a wonderful experience. And uh, when you mention my university, second side job, I enjoy that as well. So I teach at universities. And this to me is something like a, a mental holiday. So you are out of your daily business. When you have 30, 40, 50 students, you have to be alert. You have to concentrate on that mm -hmm. part. At least make them feel you concentrate. And yeah, so this is really an escape from your daily business. So for me, it's a wonderful combination. I can imagine. And it's also about growth, yeah? also personal growth. And you um, put yourself in different uh, situations and then suddenly in front of a group of students who have also foreign students. So you're a professor in a um, foreign university, which yeah. um, is definitely a very interesting side job, as you, <laughs> as you mentioned it, um, <laughs> to, to give yeah. you some uh, different perspectives. When you compare your the old economy... So the companies who worked before with the new economy and the, the iGaming yeah. affiliate marketing business. If you could name two major differences in terms of how to lead the team, what would right. you uh, say? That's not an easy one. Maybe I address organization and processes. So when you are in an established company that is 50 or 100 years old, it seems Everything is in a stable situation. And my job, especially when you had to bring the company forward out of a not so good uh, situation, you had to get people moving, think outside the box, say we do something extraordinary, why should we stick to all these overcome rules? And in a young company like the one I work at and also in startups, It's quite the opposite. Everyone is super busy doing something. It's uh, almost like FOMO. I want to do this and this and that. And then you end up in a situation where you go into this way. The next day you go back and then you turn around. And so I think for the young companies, it's more giving it structure, giving it also a more calm situation from time to time and say, let's do it once, do it right and find a, a reasonable level of experiments to do. So I would say this is uh, one thing, and the other is the seniority of people. When you made your career in a large organization, one way to make it is to avoid mistakes. And uh, this leads to a certain culture, and it moves certain people to I the know. top. <laughs> and when you are in a young company, I think most people have not seen too many organizations, at least no big organizations, and uh, they have a big advantage. They don't know yet what doesn't work. So they are less risk-averse than us old guys. And uh, this is a wonderful combination where you say, how do you direct that uh, in a way that uh, it's to the benefit of the company? to the benefit of the, comp uh, of the employees and is fun. Yeah. 
this is what I love when I invest in startups. Yeah. Most of the time, those are companies founded by very young entrepreneurs yeah, just from university. And uh, they have such a fresh mindset. They have so much energy and uh, they are so so open, you know. And then sometimes I think, hey, yeah, and I come in with my with my limitations, you know, with being 25 years in business, knowing what doesn't work, you know. And then I often have, have to keep myself back and uh, not be too limiting to on, on their ideas, yeah, because I really like their energy and they will make their experience soon enough what is working or what is not working. And I completely agree. This is very fresh. I mean, I, I've seen both sides. I'm in business for 25 years. I work for large corporates, banks, central banks, and mid-sized organization and now startups. And also in my company, I had people who started their career in my business, or so they just came from university. And I have people who retired, you know, they had their last job. And it's so interesting to see this bandwidth of different generations and skills and life experience and to kind of learn a lot from that. I'm with you. And I always... When, when you talk to these young founders, when you see their pitch decks where at a stage where they just have an idea and a logo, they are daring enough to say, oh, in five years, we will yeah. be a unicorn. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and it's possible. Others others do it. And to me, it means you really need to have this, this mix of, let's say, experienced people and daring people. That is usually the way to success. What I see very often is that you have these very young founders who are able to go from zero to one with a solution and an idea, but getting from one to 100, setting up a structure and organization is sometimes something they have not experienced yet. And often it's something they don't like. So they, they say, oh yeah, it's my little technical stuff, which I enjoy with a super small team. And this is also interesting to see how, how such companies develop. It means changing structures, adding people, shifting responsibilities. So wonderful experience, great opportunity to support them as investors as you do. Yeah, yeah this is the place where we come in. Yeah, When uh, they, uh, they have the initial idea and then uh, people like us, we can help them build the structure, the companies, the organizations and bring, yeah, as I said, some calm to the equation, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. uh, I really enjoy. So iGaming.com is an affiliate marketing organization for the gaming industry. Yes. Many of us or many of the listeners probably know what it means, but maybe it's for some affiliate marketing is a topic which is not so common. So could you explain in a few words what you're exactly doing? Yep. So I explain it with an example. Let's say Sebastian wants to do an online betting mm -hmm. exercise. So what would you do? You Google and say, where, where can I do online betting? And ideally, we have done a good job with search engine optimization. Then you will land on one of our pages. And on our pages, you find reviews, you find lists of uh, operators that offer what you are looking for. And when you then say, ah, that's the one, you click on it, go to the operator and and play, bet, mm -hmm. make a payment, then we earn mm -hmm. our money. So this is performance marketing. So for our customer, he doesn't pay anything until he really gets revenue. And our name of the game is to get our pages or domains ranking 
and make sure that we do good reviews that lead customers like you to go to the page of our customer. That's basically what we do. For that, we have a team of uh, more than 300 people. So we are one of the bigger players in this segment. Uh, we are spread in different countries with still offices, although we are remote. We offer office work in uh, in Berlin, in, in Israel, Tel Aviv, in Amsterdam, in Italy. And we also offer jobs that are completely remote uh, all over the world. So we are able to hire in any country in the world. And I mean, from what I know is uh, affiliate marketing is quite a booming industry. Uh, so um, what, what uh, I mean, coming about, talking about how to attract the right employees or how to attract employees, what does iGaming do different towards the competitors in attracting the right people? I mean, okay, you offer remote work, but where's your real differentiator? We offer the development for themselves. We have an excellent team in SEO, in content, mm -hmm. where people who join us can learn something, can develop themselves as a person, but also in terms of skills and know-how. And after a few years, frankly speaking, they can decide to start up their own business, to stay with us. And in order to make them to stay with us, we have to be very attractive in our working conditions. And we do things like this, where We do an interview, uh -huh. hope that uh, people see, oh, they are real, they exist, and they have a CEO who at least tries to sound convincing. And with that, uh, we get people on board. I think there's such a high competition between these employers nowadays. And this is exact, I mean, what you do is exactly the right the right way of doing it. Developing an employer brand, you know, showing personality, showing that you are real and very approachable. Yeah? Often people consider, oh, there's a, a CEO of a 300-people company. When I remember in the past, I mean, those people had uh, corner offices, you know, where you couldn't enter without making an appointment for months. And this has changed in so many uh, companies, uh, which is really good. And all these companies who still practicing this, well, they will realize sooner or later that uh, they will not attract the right talents anymore to work for them. Where do you see the affiliate marketing industry developing to? I mean, there are changes in terms of regulation, in terms of data privacy. There's more and more happening. I mean, in, in Europe, we have this GDPR with all these different rules. Cookies are not allowed anymore, or at least uh, this will, will happen soon. Companies like Apple, they have this anti-tracking feature. So there's a lot of movement against the uh, ad and affiliate industry. So it's very difficult to say where this will go. So what we see is we have challenges. Of course, we have direct competitors who do the same thing. You have competition from advertisements that you see. You have opportunities like all these YouTubers, influencers, and the biggest opportunity is globalization. So with a few hundred people that we have, we can conquer the world. So we are attacking the American market now which has uh, recently reopened. We are sure it will be the biggest market uh, in the world in this gambling industry sooner or later. And we have to be flexible. At the moment, you and I, we are facing, well, chatbots are coming. Artificial intelligence is coming. Microsoft is announcing that they will do something to compete against Google with artificial intelligence. Will that work? We don't know. Uh, so our job is to, to have the right team on board, 
and uh, look for opportunities and threats as well, but concentrate on the opportunities. The screen is the same size for every company. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when I run my seminars and events, uh, often uh, talk about things like the comfort zone, yeah, and and going out of the comfort zone. And a lot of people, they see this, see things which are out of the comfort zone as problems. Yeah, things they haven't done, they might fail and then they stay inside. Once you made this decision to deliberately go out of this circle, you know, and go for these problems, which actually are opportunities. Yeah. And, and I also see in an, an AI, a chatbot, many people see this as a threat. I just uh, read um, on, on Twitter that someone lost his job because uh, the employer said, Oh, we only use the AI now to create your images because we are short on cash. Yeah? And for them, it's obviously a problem, but. This could also be, a, or it is, in my opinion, a big opportunity, you know, to develop new services, new products, new ways of doing business, you know, to release us humans from mundane work, you know, which no one as us really enjoys, you know, crunching data and things you don't, we don't want to do. <laughs> Now we have a machine, you know, to write you a small um, script when you want to talk about something, you know, and you, oh, I'm not in a state to write a, a speech now. I said, okay. These are my points. Give it to the AI. Boom, off you go. You get 80% uh, done and then you fine tune it. And this is how I see it uh, as an amazing opportunity. Yeah, we are both German and I think we grew up and are socialized in a way that we think in problems and uh, we should think in solutions. So I see so many team members of iGaming who are already looking into this AI stuff, experimenting with it. Of course, we have to consider how does Google react when you, when you do all that. But to me, we will have a very, very fast development where people will be, I call them prosumers. So they will contribute to stuff on the internet and they will consume stuff on the internet. And uh, we now have a chance to see an increase in productivity that we have seen in the agricultural industry 200 years ago, that we have seen in the traditional industry where you need less and less people. And with this knowledge workers, with the digital worlds, there's a fair chance that we have such an efficiency that many of us or the generation to follow might not need to use their working power to full capacity to fulfill what uh, mankind needs. And I can really imagine that we are now riding the what we call the fourth wave, where this uh, uh, AI and all of that is the robot of the assembly line for the knowledge workers. I think uh, there's a chance that this comes. Yeah, these are really game-changing times. Uh, I, I always say that 23 is the year of AI. I mean, there's so much coming up and... We just talked about this as investors. We get all these pitch decks from companies who are AI-focused, uh, who implemented something, who developed a solution. You see all these services popping up, you know, and then sometimes you have to ask yourself, okay, why have I done this in the past manually, you know? <laughs> I still experienced when you had your pocket calculator with this paper slip where you had columns of numbers and people in the beginning did not trust the sum function in an Excel sheet. So in five years from now, this AI stuff will be so natural, we will not think about it anymore. Interesting times ahead. So we talked about your different roles. We talked about iGaming. You're also a business angel and investor. Yeah? So you, you invest in startups, uh, early stage investment. 
Where's your focus? What kind of companies you're looking for uh, to invest and how is it going so far? I don't have a defined focus, but I have uh, two rules. I want to have a good feeling about the founders. And this feeling means they have the stamina to get through it, through it and some experience and motivation. And the other is I would like to have a certain understanding of what they do. So if I would understand everything, then that would not be the right thing for me. I always say when you are the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. And that's the same with uh, startups. I have two different uh, investment focuses. So on the one hand, I I work with the funds where we pick our startups and invest, but that is many startups. And then on the other side, I have some specific startups where I'm close enough to be in an advisory board or really mean something for them. And they, to me, we communicate. And this is about half a dozen. So that's uh, about what I do. I don't have enough time to spend hours and hours with the startups, although sometimes I wish. But still, it's inspiring when you see these people with, with their spirit getting on a mission. And I 100% agree on investing in the founders because we both know that once you started a business, you often have to pivot, you have to change the direction slightly or, or even larger. And uh, the initial idea is hardly what makes the money in the end. And who can deal with such a situation? Yeah, people who have the right mindset, you know, who have the right uh, skills and the right attitude uh, in going after problems and solving problems, creating solutions and changing the approach when one thing is not working. And this is something I'm also looking for. I also agree on uh, not being the uh, smartest person in the room. I always say uh, hire people who are more intelligent than you because why do you hire them <laughs> in the end? Yeah, they should be able to teach you. And yeah, so far I also follow these strategies and this is working extremely well. I'm very happy as a, as a business angel and um, yeah, I'm uh, always open, uh, same as you, to, to new uh, interesting um, investments. Yeah, maybe to, to add, uh, I'm also convinced that you need to have a, a team of two, three or four people. So if you are a lone wolf, that is too small a team to start your own enterprise. You also need this to exchange ideas, to have a have someone to bounce uh, ideas back and forth and, and to, I mean, to level each other up, you know? I mean, we all have situations where we maybe feel a bit down and not have the energy. And if there's no one around who um, says, hey, come, Andy, let's go, <laughs> then uh, these downtimes can be quite long and painful. Yeah, I'm sure even if they don't admit it, they will have sleepless nights. How does it go on? Have I taken the right decision? Why am I not working for the German government? So, yeah, but uh, they will overcome it. Awesome. Hey, is there anything else you would like to share with the audience? For me, what I often see is this, uh, this leadership aspect. When you are in a young company that is growing or in an established one, And this is maybe a word of advice for people who, who run their company, who are maybe the boss for the first time, have people reporting to them. I think it's uh, this, this understanding that uh, some people call it the mission, the team, and me. So it's super important that you are clear where you want to go, that you communicate it to everyone, not only the chosen few, 
and then be humble a little bit because you are like the coach in a soccer team. You're on the sideline. Your job is to get the team together, make sure they go after the goal on the right direction, but you are not scoring a single goal. And this is something that I feel and hear is often challenging when you are in such a position for the first time because you move away from really doing things with concrete results to directing and overseeing people. And more often than not, in the evening, you ask yourself, what have I done? And uh, this, when you grow, is a typical question where, where new team leads say, is that right? And the answer is yes, your job is to, to lead a team. And when I was young, somebody told me, if you work too much yourself, you lose the oversight. I know that sounds very mean, but it has a sense of truth in it. I love your statement, you're not there to score a goal. I mean, it really sums it up, uh, your role as a leader. You are there to build the, the, the crown for your team, you know, to empower them. The day score and uh, you, you are the coach. And also, I think you have to get your team behind you. And your role, especially in a larger organization, is to protect your team. So if something is messed up, if something goes wrong, you cannot finger point at your team. You have to take a deep breath, make two steps forward and say, that's me. It's my responsibility. It's my team. After that, you should talk to your team <laughs> in very small groups. But to the outsides, it's you. And uh, I think this will earn you the support of any team in the world. Very wise words from a very uh, experienced uh, leader. Andreas, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show. And I'm sure the listeners, they will, um, yeah, they can take a lot from uh, this conversation. And um, yeah, all the best and uh, good luck uh, with the upcoming projects. Thank you, Sebastian. And I hope sooner or later we have a startup that we can uh, deal with together again. Definitely. Thank you. Hey, this has been the High Performance CEO Podcast. Join us again next week for more winning strategies and leadership habits from high-performing CEOs worldwide. If you have any questions or feedback on today's episode or would like to be a guest on my show, email us at success at sebastianschieke.com. We would love to hear from you. I'm Sebastian Schieke. Thank you for listening.